Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 I am, of course, your host, Mark Kushnez, and I don't really have a whole bunch to talk about this episode. Nothing too exciting happening in the world of Plex, or watching, or anything. I have, I think decided to retire my Vita and 3DS because they've just been taking up space and that, uh, what do you call that? A dresser? That's what they're called, right? With the drawers? A, a dresser has drawers. A bookcase has shelves. Is that how you differentiate them? But in that uh, dresser, I have... My undies and sakis. And uh, I'm not talking about Japanese alcohol. I'm talking about socks I put on my feet. But um, we got that in there. And then everything else is just game stuff. So the majority of my classic games are in there. So all my Genesis ones. Well, no, all my... All my NES, except for the few box copies I have, are in the basement. Just just my Genesis stuff and Game Boy stuff, because I don't have much of that or, or much SNES. But I got that in there. Controllers, the Wii, the Wii U, the Vita, the 3DS. Some, uh, uh, one, one, one drawers. All the Polymega, which, fun fact about the Polymega... For those who remember that one time I played the Polymega on a stream and uh, how the Polymega is a thing that exists and some people have it, I think, maybe, I don't know what else they're doing. They talked about a N64 adapter, which I'm sure is still in the works. I don't know what the process or, or progress on that is. Not the process. Progress. But uh, I have not plugged that thing in since that stream so i haven't used that thing since that's that's how much of a mess my life has been and how motivation for everything has just been so crippling is that i fucking pre-ordered that thing so long ago waited years to finally get it then i got it played with it once and just did not ever and still have yet to find the motivation to plug it back in and install all my games on it so that that's over and done with one day one day i've been thinking about it though that's why i even mentioned it i mean i'm talking about the whole fucking dresser so i'm just talking about everything in there but it's been on my mind recently to get around to that so i can start playing some games you know, the whole reason why I got it is so I could play specifically PlayStation 1 games in the most convenient way possible. So, that's something, potentially in the future. But, uh, the 3DS and Vita are in there as well. And I just don't play them. They're there because they work batteries are fine and all that but I don't I don't ever find myself 
with the desire to play either. And part of that is because handheld gaming is not as appealing as it once was, especially since I am not going anywhere and I'm always in the house. Which is weird because I cannot wait to get my pocket in a year or however many months it's it's going to take to get that and to play it handheld and not just in docked mode. I'm very excited about that, but I think it's more so about the library that has me excited. I'm dying to play some of them old Pokemon games, which you cannot do on the Switch with the recent announcement of the GBA and GB games. I don't believe any Pokemon, real Pokemon games were announced. I think the trading card game was added. Speaking of that in the direct, getting off of who cares about me retiring some old consoles that no one cares about. I mean, you know. Ah. But uh, what the direct did for me was remind me of how annoying Nintendo fans can be. And just people who enjoy Nintendo, not just Nintendo fans specifically, but Nintendo fandom as a thing people losing their shit over the addition of game boy and game boy advance games to nintendo switch online it, it it's as if the fucking it's like it's ridiculous it's ridiculous how excited and how freaked out people were getting over that and other things that were announced it's just like okay all right Nintendo has that special sauce. Nintendo has that apple sauce. I didn't mean I didn't mean to make a joke about applesauce when referencing Apple, but I just you know, people love Apple just because they're Apple, and people love Nintendo just because they're Nintendo. And it's it's weird. It's also something that I morbidly kind of enjoy watching is people reacting to announcements or movies when you have stuff like the Avengers Endgame and whatnot because that level of excitement is something I don't feel for anything and I don't understand it so there's something alien about watching people get that worked up about anything when I look at something and even if it's excited I mean this is me exciting look at me this is this is my exciting face and expression and tonality no different I can't think of a single thing that could get me to lose my mind I, I can't I, I, I even if Warner Brothers had a show and they called it the Four Mark Kuznets Direct. And in it, they had Jean-Claude Van Damme come out and say, Hey, Mark, you're, you may be Kush 3 in my book, but you're the number one Kush in my book. I'm, when GoDaddy was doing some promotions with 
Jean-Claude Van Damme, their social team, replied to me and made a whole thing with him giving me the thumbs up holding the book of JCVD or something. And it said, because my, my tag at the time, my uh, handle was Kush3. And it said, you may be Kush3 on Twitter or whatever, but you're Kush1 in my book. The dumbest shit in the world, but I loved it. But if they had Jean-Claude Van Damme come out and say he was my biggest fan and then announce Rocksteady is making a Ninja Turtles game, I'd be like, all right. That, that should be good. Cool. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But speaking of none of that, whatever, the direct was fine. What excited me most about it was maybe fantasy life. That's what I'm, I keep thinking back on because I always wanted to play the... I think it was... It had to have been DS. Couldn't have been 3DS. Because it would have... It came out at the end of a life cycle of a system. And it did not come out that recently. But I always wanted to play Fantasy Life. Because it looked like the evolution of Animal Crossing I always wanted. And you'll, you'll hear me talk about my disappointment with New Horizons in that episode of Attack the Backlog when it goes live. But the announcement and trailer for a new fantasy life, it immediately made me think, this is this is what I wanted from Animal Crossing. It, it, it has a lot of the same shit in it, but it's also got a lot more. It's very... Stardew Valley in that sense or Rune Factory where you have a whole bunch of more of, of other things to do and, and adventuring and crafting not crafting because there's crafting in Animal Crossing and they complain about it uh, but it's just there's more to do and you got jobs and stuff like that better uh, a more in-depth elaborate town system and whatnot. I'm excited about that. What else was there to be excited about? I don't know. I, I, there was something else. Metro Prime is fine. The, the Zelda trailer. I'm sure people are excited for that. I don't care. As someone who didn't fall in love with the first Breath of the Wild, or not the first, as someone who didn't fall in love with Breath of the Wild, who didn't find the magic that so many others found, the trailer for Tears of the Kingdom or whatever it's called, it did not make me, someone who wasn't already going to get it, change my mind and think, ooh, ooh, maybe there's something here for me. It just... Okay, we're in the dark world now. Guess what? When I played A Link to the Past, I didn't have to pay another $70 in order to get that. It just happened. It was just in the game. They gave me both games in one. 
$70. Complain about $10 more. Why don't you complain about the whole pain more? It's just a dark world. Yeah. I don't care. $70 is fine. People people complain. There's not a single person who's going to get that game at 60 and is not going to get it because it's 70. Anyone who's not going to get it at 70 was not going to get it at 60, a.k.a. me. Will the vouchers work for it? That's a good question. Because the voucher, that voucher system is what? $100 for two games? And if it works on Zelda, then it's a really, really good deal. It's already a pretty good deal, saving 20 bucks. But if you're able to save an extra 10, because they include Zelda, which I'm assuming they won't. But, uh, yeah. That's all stuff that happened. But the website, then Patreon and all that. I updated the Patreon a smidgen. And I did it because I don't... I just... I think the reasoning as to why I decided to initially update the Patreon was to add a dollar tier so people are aware that they can just support with a dollar even though there wasn't a tier for it. You don't have to pick a tier. You can just support at any price you want and not join a tier if you want. But I don't know if people are that aware of the ability to do that. So I created the dollar tier and I did it because I thought, oh, you know, it'd be funny. I got the oatmealers for the $3 tier. That's what I call them because I love oatmeal. You know what else is pretty good? Cream of wheat. It's not as good as oatmeal, but it's still pretty good. So I created a dollar tier that's called cream of wheater. And it, its description is just cream of wheat is pretty good. But oatmeal is better. And in addition to that, I added pretty pictures to all the tiers. And the, the pictures are just, here's here's a picture of cream of wheat, here's some oatmeal, and here's even more oatmeal for the ultimate oatmealers. And then I updated the description for the other ones, added an extra benefit to the ultimate oatmealers tier, and created a goal for bringing back streaming, which is a very modest goal. If you want to see what it is, you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash pxs, and see for yourself. So that's that's all stuff that happened too. But yeah, I don't I don't feel all that talky. <laughs> I haven't, haven't watched much of anything particularly new or exciting. Continue with the same old, same old. I did finally check out The Core and lasted about an hour into it before I dropped it in favor of giving Armageddon yet another shot, which I completed this time and can find the enjoyment in it, even though I don't love it and would not go out of my way to ever watch it again. It is more engrossing than The Core because The Core, another disaster movie in which the magnetic field of Earth is whatever and people are dying and things are happening. So they got to go to the core of Earth and reignite it, I guess. But 
For a disaster movie, it does the one thing no disaster movie should ever do. The cardinal sin for disaster movies. It is just fucking so boring. It is such a boring movie. And when I checked to see how much time was left, and I was only halfway through, so there was about an hour and eight minutes or so left. So an hour when you factor in credits. I could not imagine watching an hour more of that fucking thing. It was just the most boring thing in the world. And it was disappointing. Decent cast. But just ugh. and then Armageddon less boring however the problem with that movie is unsurprisingly Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler their romance their characters they suck on so many levels including each other off surely but Ben Affleck is a super annoying character who thinks he's funny, thinks he's clever, says jokes that don't land at all, or brings up things, proposes topics, mentions things. There's his fucking animal cracker thing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if animal crackers are crackers because you know they're kind of sweet, and you just eat them. I like them more like cookies. And the the defining feature of a cracker is you put cheese on it when you eat it. And I can't imagine putting cheese on an animal cracker. Fucking. There's this. He he incorporates what so many podcasters and streamers incorporate these days, and it's the Seinfeldification of humor. Of I can just like, what's the deal with their plain food? Where people try to create something out of nothing. And fun fact, it didn't work for Seinfeld. Seinfeld was a good show. I've never seen a single second of a stand-up outside of the little snippets we got on the TV show. Which I can't even remember if they did that throughout its entire run. Or if that was just something in the early seasons. But as much as I enjoyed the show... What I got from his stand-up, the little taste I got from it in those snippets, I don't, I don't know what was so good about him. I don't know how he had a career. How like good for him for getting that TV show? Because his stand-up looked like dog shit. I can't imagine ever sitting through any of that. What's the deal with this? Oh, oh. what's the deal with it? So. There's just so much of that in podcasting that drives me fucking crazy and it makes it hard to watch or listen to most podcasts these days because people will, out of nowhere, bring up something that they are proposing as a topic because they think it's a clever thing or funny or... It, it's it's always so forced and has this fake feeling to it disgenuine feeling that <laughs> it, it's a reminder that I am not like most people one of the many reminders that I am not normal so that 
what works for so many people just does not work for me in any way, shape, or form. As I sit there and hear them say their spiel and the others riffing off of it, I'm, I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? What is all this nonsense? But that is Ben Affleck's character in, in Armageddon. And then Liv Tyler is just annoying. It doesn't make any sense for her to like Affleck because he's not charming. He is not charismatic. He is Affleck specifically is one of the least charismatic and charming movie stars in the history of cinema and film and TV. It makes sense that he his best role is probably the accountant where he's playing an autistic hitman. Which is a it's an alright movie. And as far as movies and the portrayal of autism and the spectrum and all that. It's 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 alright. Yeah, that, that's something that's always rough to do. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what. Maybe atypical is one of the better examples of it. The, the one of the biggest issues with the portrayal of autism and those on the spectrum is. In many cases, you'll have the, what is it, the savant thing or whatever it's called, where they always portray them as being super fucking smart at something and making it seem like, like that's not, they just make it seem like that's inherent to the, the, it's just, uh, I don't like it. And then you have the Predator, which basically says autism is the next evolution of the human being. And it's a superpower. And he, the the boy, is... (laughs) Predator is a fucking horrible movie. Anywho, let's just move on to what I've been playing and call it a day because this episode is... You want to talk about messes. All right. So, checking out a few games. We're going to start with Backfirewall underscore. And the underscore is an actual underscore in the title. This is a first-person puzzle game in the vein of stuff like Portal or the Stanley Parable. Very self-aware and very narrative-driven with a lot of cheeky humor where you're playing I'm not sure if you are the update application or part of it a rogue part of it since you're going off script off of uh, what you're supposed to be doing within this woman's phone her mobile phone and you are introduced to all this uh, by OS 9 the previous OS, which is about to be made obsolete by this update. And during the update process, 
he starts to freak out because he didn't realize that he was about to be deleted and changed. Uh, so he gets uh, you out of there, messes with the update, and then you're inside this phone doing stuff because the narrative is pushing you in that direction. It's... It's not bad. The writing is pretty good. The humor's pretty good. The performances are hit or miss with the main character, specifically OS9. I think OS9's voice actor does a fantastic job, and that's good since he is the character who talks the most and is almost talking too much can be very very chatty at times and then as you trickle down to characters who are less and less important and have smaller and smaller roles the performances get worse and worse which may be to be expected but some of them are pretty freaking bad but even so the game can be overly chatty at times and forces you to endure at times where you can't even get out of it there is a fair amount of reading that is not always as interesting as the spoken parts but the way the puzzles have been so far and part of the game's problem or it's real problem since it is very narrative driven and narrative focus and that is the driving force of the game and why you're playing why you would be pushing forward and continue to play is that so far in the time of putting into the game the puzzles all feel like busy work they're not particularly clever they just require doing a lot of tedious actions a lot of repetitive actions and that's not leading to interesting gameplay or thought-provoking gameplay. I, I don't complete a puzzle room or complete an area, complete a level, move through a door to a loading screen and then the next area, and am in any way excited for what puzzles are in store for me in this new area. I am curious about where the narrative is going to go and what new tech-related characters I may run into. But the puzzles are just... So, right now, what mechanics I have are the ability to invert objects, which really just allows me to... If something is on this plane I can interact with it and then it'll shoot up to the ceiling and in one area you have to do this with a bunch of blocks to get them to land on buttons that are correlated to the icons on them and I think that was the main use of that I was just doing that over and over and over again in these different renditions of the world that I would get to by clicking parts of the environment or I would lower objects that were in the sky so that the 
cash character or zipper. She was she was zipping files. She was taking large files and zipping them up into zip files. But there was like a couch at one point in the sky that she couldn't get to. So I inverted it, which just meant bringing it down to the ground so that she could zip it up. And she zipped it up real good. And she's, uh, she's, she's a pretty fun character too. Very forgetful. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember what her actual character was, what part of the, the software she was, but she's always forgetting you and bringing it up and then reminding you, oh, I probably told you this before that I forget things because I, you know, I forget it if I forget, but, uh, that is one mechanic. I just got the mechanic, and you, you get introduced to all of them during the tutorial, but I got the mechanic now in the main game for activating buttons and whatnot, the colorblind mode thing, which just means in some areas I can change the color of objects to allow me to walk through them. Or on buttons that are red, I can change them to green to activate them and make them uh, usable again, which is really dull. That 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 area so far has not led to any kind of uh, it's so for the worst part of the game in terms of puzzle designs. And then there's also the ability to delete objects, and I believe later on I'll be able to copy and replicate objects and something else but it's just a lot of busy work all in favor of pushing the the narrative forward it's fine it hasn't grabbed me though and as, as decent as the narrative is it's not the most engrossing but that is, that is easily the best game I've played so far since the last episode. Because the other two I've played. One, Watch Over Christmas is a point-and-click adventure game with very heavy line work. The art is not my favorite. And horrible, horrible, horrible writing delivered via annoying and grating voice acting that is delivered with such exuberance that I lose my mind playing it. And maybe part of that is because I hate Christmas, so a game about Christmas is, is inherently going to be maybe a problem. But the thing about it that I don't understand is the writing is bad, yes, but it also seems clearly geared towards the younger crowd and towards kids because it's it's just it, it's 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 bad it's just bad okay it's bad but what i don't understand is the game opens up pretty early on i think after the tutorial or whatever with an image of santa claus bound and gagged and I didn't pay enough attention. I think you're basically tasked with having to save Christmas as this young 
ginger boy is that offensive do, do redheads not like being called ginger is that an offensive thing but you're a young redhead named Cisco and you're clearly the worst Cisco that's ever existed and the polar opposite of the best Cisco who is Captain Cisco of Deep Space Nine that was, that was, that was a really good show until it wasn't but I don't, it just seems weird to have this story that seems geared towards kids, but it opens with Santa bound and gagged, and then there's a lot of discourse and questioning of whether or not Santa is real. Well, you know he's real in the game, at least, because you saw him bound and gagged, but your sister's telling you, no, he's not real. Mom and dad put the presents there, and you're exuberant ass is very adamant that that's not the case and here's the evidence why <laughs> just yeah the, the the way you sound too in the game is oh my god i i love christmas because the christmas lights are blinking i love blinking lights and if that sounds annoying to you if that alone right there just sounded like something that would make you want to blow your brains out Imagine listening to that for the entire game because that's what you're going to be doing. Then the other game I played is the Redress of Mera, which I assume it's that's how it's pronounced. The Redress, R E D R E S S. Say what it means to me. Oh yes, R E D R E S S. Redress. Yes, yes, yes. This is a fucking awful game. It's a first-person puzzler that was built in... I don't know if it's Unreal or whatever, this generic thing that you see in a lot of budget games where they're all using the baked-in assets. And it's just an absolute mess. It plays like crap. It looks like crap. There are parts where you interact with the environment and then you see your 3D model and... There is not a single frame of animation or whatever. It's it's just a still frame, essentially. Like, there's a point where you're moving a block, and you go up to it, you hold it, and it, it, it backs out to third person. But you're not... Nothing's, nothing's moving. It is just... But essentially, it becomes a static image that is changing as your... The environment is, is you know... In, increasing or whatever as you're moving through it but that's all that's happening but you come across a lion that chases a zebra and it kills it and the puzzle there is you walk forward the lion comes around and it's like hey back off and in that moment you just have to wait for the lion to go away or else if you move either either backwards or forwards or anywhere if you move at all, the line's going to come and get you, and it's going to reset at that checkpoint. You just have to wait. And and the only way you figure that out is because you'll exhaust the other options and be unsure of what the fuck else you're supposed to do. Very early on, it wasn't clear how to get to the next area. The, after, the opening area where you walk 10 feet and you're at the end of a space or whatever. You have to chop down a tree. But there's no tutorial or on-screen text telling you how to do it or what you should be doing 
So you just have to figure that, well, there's no way that this game is broken 10 seconds into it. I must be able to interact with something. Okay. And then you press the X button there. Jumping feels awful. The puzzles are dumb. It's just, it's a bad game. And it's, it's, it doesn't have a single redeeming factor. There's some voice acting in it too. I think, I think there was voice and it was real, real bad. Or either there's no voice acting in, in it. One or the other. But no, don't. This is the kind of game that you'd only play more than 10 minutes of if you were streaming it because you could enjoy interacting with chat and laughing about it along the way. Not to, I, you know, I don't want to laugh about something that someone's put work into, but you know, as a creator, some, I, you know, I'm a creator of plenty of things. I know when something I've created or, or whatever is not good and I can't, the people who made this can't think they actually made something good. Cause it's just, it's just not. So, yeah, that's it. And there are no Patreon questions this episode. So that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find all my links of import and whatnot, you can go over to PXSausage.com and that'll get you everywhere you want to go. It'll get you to the website, the YouTubes, and the Patreon. Speaking of the Patreon, if you enjoy this here show or any of the shows I do and what have you, you can go to patreon.com slash pxs to support me in my nonsense. Like I was talking about at the top of the show or near the top of the show at the, you know, in the first third of the show added the $1 tier. So if you like cream of wheat, you can, you can do that. Then the other tiers are there and you can do those if you want. $3 higher. You can ask questions and I'll answer them maybe on the show that you're listening to right now. No promises though, but you know the only way in which you can guarantee that I won't answer your questions? It's by not asking any. And that's what happened this time. So sucks to be you, I guess. But uh yeah, that is again patreon.com slash pxs if you want to support me and my nonsense and all that jazz. Anywho, as always. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. If you did, I don't, I, this, this was, uh, but uh, I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. So for now, adios, arrivederci, bye. Oh.